I got 75 to give 80. 75 to give 80. 80, 80, 80. Last call. Here we are, Market Report. You think Thanksgiving, everyone's fat and happy? No, we're grinding, baby. Grinding. Fez is here. You've already recorded the big chunk of this, but I came in at the end and we went like for an hour. So we're going to get. I liked our talk. You know, I thought it was excellent. Yes. Excellent. So some of it is at the end here. Some of it is actually getting transferred over to the recap pod because it's more pertinent to that. But there's a lot of fire in the belly here because the, you know, let's be honest. We ate. When did you eat your last piece of pie, Fez? 20 minutes ago, <laughs> right before I came. He might be a little logy, but he wasn't. Listen up, and I'll be in at the end. First game on the board here, we have a good one. Thursday night football, Bills at Patriots. Look ahead line was Patriots plus five and a half. World Open was Patriots plus five, hosting the Bills, and that's where we are right now. Patriots, a rare home dog spot hosting the Bills. Yeah, so power rating, that's where I always start. I've just updated my power ratings. I'll tweak these before I send them out Tuesday morning. I've got Buffalo five points better than New England on a neutral. So um, then we're going to bring for two points of home field. We bring it down to like three and a quarter. We can't get all the way to three. And market's five. Further, boy, you know, Thursday, short week, that benefits New England as well. I uh, I think money's going to come on New England. Already has a little bit. I think it will continue to come. Um, so a little bit of um, nibbling on New England. I know Buffalo getting a little bit healthier, I believe. Ladarius White has come back. Uh, I still think that Josh Allen is not right. I would expect a little more New England money. Next game, we'll stay in the AFC East for one of the opponents. Minnesota Vikings hosting the New York Jets. Look ahead line was Vikings minus three, and there's been very little movement. World Open was minus three. That's where we are right now. Vikings minus three hosting Mike White and the Jets. So everyone thinks that the Vikings are very good, and I think that they're rather average. In fact, I've got them my 14th best team. I've only got them half a point better than the Jets, which would make this line, well, with a really good home field, I could get to three. And that's where the market is. I don't think there'll be any movement here. There's a lot to like about the Jets quarterback change. I think the market will embrace it because, let's face it, if you watch that game, driving rainstorm, never really understood the term driving. How does rain drive? Hard to drive in that rainstorm. Doesn't all raindrops fall based upon gravity? (laughs) Is there a critical? 9.8 seconds squared per squared. (laughs) But are are smaller raindrops faster than big droplets of rain? No, it's all narrative-based. I don't believe in driving range. Hmm, driving because, range. because snow comes down slow. I'm, I'll research that. Um, I'm unaware, but the... the but Mike White in that rain, very impressive. Yes, so Michael White, Mike White is uh, played a great game, and I think the, Reds ha- the, the Jets have a giddy-up to their step based upon that. I think it not only makes the offense better, it makes the defense better to... Um, Go ahead and feel that they could have a capable quarterback. Um, I think the key here, there is a steam on the total. So the look-ahead total was 41.5, open 42. We're up to 45.5, and and I could see it continuing to go because Minnesota is a dead-not-over team, and I think the Jets were a dead-not-under team, and I think that's no longer the case. So if the Jets are close to an average team and Minnesota games go over – I think this – we'll go ahead. I'll predict this total keeps moving upward, closes 47. If you like the over, I know you didn't get the first kick at the can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
We didn't do the podcast on Sunday at 3 p.m., but um, I agree with this move. I wish I had, frankly, given this out to clients. I was too busy betting Troy. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we got down on Troy in college football, minus seven. People are like, that helps me a lot. It's an NFL <laughs> podcast. Let's move on, Fez. Yes. Jets quarterback Mike White had the best QBR of Week 12. We'll see how his offense does in Week 13. Next game here, Baltimore Ravens hosting the Denver Broncos. Lots of movement in this one. Look-ahead open was Ravens minus 6.5. It stayed that way during the look-ahead period. World open, Ravens minus 8. Now we're seeing minus 8, minus 9 here on Monday night. What do you make of this one, Ravens hosting the Broncos? You know, I want to talk about teasers a little bit. First off, I uh, I make Baltimore 7 better on a neutral, bring them up to 9 with home fields. Bang, we're right there. Uh, this past week, we talked about the Wong teasers, teasing through the 3, through the 7. Ideally, a dog of a plus 2-ish up to plus 8. A home favorite from minus eight-ish, ish means plus or minus a half, down to minus two. Um, and we really want to avoid the road favorites because they historically haven't covered as, as much the teaser. However, last week was, this past week that just ended, was just really, really good for teasers. An example, uh, the Titans covered. Um, we um, there, there was four no-brainers. Carolina covered. Um the San Francisco 49ers covered, and the final one, Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh covered. So I would think there'd be a lot of pressure on the sports books. There's been a lot of talk. These teasers are, haven't been as good, especially the big favorites, the eight-point favorites this year. But they've done except they did exceptionally well last week, and they frankly have done pretty well the last three weeks. I could see there being liability pressures on the books, and frankly, if if people did anything like I did, let me ask you, Mackenzie. I loaded up on teasers already where I just wheeled the Steelers like nuts into the Wong teasers for this coming week. Did you do something similar yet? Not yet. I haven't listened to this podcast yet, (laughs) but yeah, uh, teasers have been hitting. I remember uh, Titans was one leg that you suggested over the weekend that came out through for everybody. You know, let me pull back the curtain a little bit, and this is is probably – a little less than optimal, but I, 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 but I do it psychologically, and I hate to talk about psychologically. When there's a Monday night Wong teaser, I love to load up on the teasers, and here's why. If I lose the teaser, yes, I lose, all right? But it kind of is like, all right, those, um, those bets get graded. They're done. I can throw them into last week if, and then start afresh. However, if, if it wins, I almost had the world's greatest portfolio, chock full of all kinds of goodies, including Baltimore minus two, the Raiders plus eight and a half. You see where I'm going. Yeah. I, I've got I've got like all these I got like all these great bets, Raiders plus eight and a half minus one twenty that I'm like going to earn, 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 earn off of. Um, of course, I need to win the teaser, the front end to go ahead and do that. Maybe this sounds square, but psychologically, I come in. Um, totally excited. Yeah, it about makes a the lot of sense. Week. It's like it's like the keys to a club. It's like a seven stars card, is what it's like. But if um, but if I lose the the teaser, like I said, I'm like ah, it's a new week. All right, I'm, I lost I lost my five hundred or my thirty thousand or whatever it might be. It's a new week, exactly. Picture into the mind of Steve Fezzik. This guy wins. You're seeing how it's done. Next up, we have the Falcons hosting the Steelers. This was a pick'em. In the look-ahead open, it moved to Falcons minus one by the look-ahead close. World open was Falcons minus one and a half. Now we're sitting somewhere between Falcons minus one and a half to Falcons minus two over the Pittsburgh Steelers who just won on Monday night. 
What do you make of this one? So those were the lines, of course, before the Steeler game kicked off. We're going to upgrade the Steelers. No lineup on this game yet. Uh, I think it's probably going to come pick them. So um, this is an example. I'm going to pull back the curtain once again. By the way, um, I don't want to talk about winning. I want to talk about losing. So last week... In my NFL releases, I did have a losing Sunday 1-3 and three when the Denver Broncos, losers, let me down <laughs> with the three-star. So I'm not going to talk about this Sunday, which went very well, or Monday, which went very well, or Saturday, which went very well. If you buy any one day or any one play for me and I lose, I don't want to hear about it. If you're unhappy, you know what? Go buy Essler, all right? Um, if you buy me for the season and I don't wind up winning— you just you look me up. You can get a hold of me. Call McKenzie. He'll set it up. I'll buy you dinner in Vegas. If you get a season-long package and you don't wind up winning on football, but I assure you I can get crushed in any one game or any one weekend. But fortunately, that didn't happen this week. Um, pulling back the curtain, I know this is after the fact, and I apologize. I can show you texts. I just sent this to my buddy Teddy Covers, in fact. Um, the there was a play to be made, and I didn't give it out to the clients, and I apologize for that, and I should have, because some of the books don't take it. Circa doesn't take it. I'm not sure who does and who doesn't, but some books do. And it's the correlated parlay or teaser, and the Pittsburgh correlated teaser was the way to go here. I was already teasing Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football, and I did tease them with this Atlanta game as well, because one, it's a Wong teaser for the second leg against Atlanta, and two, now that Pittsburgh looked impressive – I'm not so sure we're going to get Pittsburgh plus one. This game could come pick them, which is going to put the kibosh on all of my teasers. So um, something to always look towards. I don't like to usually bet ahead on Monday night football teams because there could be a key injury against them. The one exception to the rule is when I play a correlated parlay where I bet them on Monday night and then I bet them again for the following week, knowing their power ratings likely to surge if they cover the first week. Next game here, the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Tennessee Titans. Eagles were minus six and a half in the look ahead open. World open, though, is only minus six. And now we are seeing Eagles minus five and a half hosting the Titans. So some money coming in on Tennessee or maybe against Philadelphia. What do you make of this one, Fest? So there's a lesson to be had here. And the lesson is obviously Tennessee uh, did not meet expectations last week and Philly did. And this look ahead was six and a half. So why is the money coming on Tennessee? Because the look-ahead numbers are not as strong as the—and I think there was some sevens in the look-ahead that went down to six and a half. But the—and um, there's asymmetric risk that people like, eh, I don't really want to bet plus six and a half because who cares, six and a half, five and a half. Although there is a significant difference. Um, where I'm going at Philly last week, I believe they were playing the Green Bay Packers. And now Philly is home to the Tennessee Titans. Well, I think Tennessee is not just better than, Phil- than Green Bay. I think they're a lot better. And anyone who watched these two teams play, Tennessee and Green Bay, I know, one-game sample, would conclude that, in fact, I got these, these two teams four points apart in my power rating, so you know where I'm going. If you wanted to play the Eagles and lay the points, you should have done it last Sunday night laying 6.5 against Green Bay, who's a below-average team. Don't do it here against the Tennessee Titans, who are an above-average team. Um, I make the game uh, actually 6.5, so I have no dog in the fight. I pass, though. Another factor betters might be considering Packers, not an average team, particularly not against the run. 31st by EPA against the run. Titans, number one in the league. Maybe Ooh. why we're seeing some money coming here on Tennessee. Oh, maybe. You know, I'm, 
Hmm. It makes sense to you? Yeah. I, I mean, you're the, you're, I, just, I just got the numbers here in front of me, but you're, you're, you're the guy that puts it all together. What do you make of that? Well, you know, it's always quirky with a running quarterback to see, you know, you can tell me Tennessee stops the run, but do they stop sure. mobile quarterbacks? Makes sense. And I'd have to look at how they did, and I haven't done that. But that I, I, I like that handicap exactly. Next game here, the Detroit Lions hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look-ahead line was Lions minus one. World Open was Lions minus one. Now that's pretty much the number across the board. Lions minus one hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you make of this one? I think bet on versus bet against. Correction, bet on, bet on. So what are the, these two teams are identical. Absolutely identical, although I have Jacksonville a lot better. So I've got Jacksonville three and a half points better. So I actually make Jacksonville a, wow, a two and a half point favorite. And because of that, I would get on the teaser on Jacksonville right now. Um, and when I say get on the teaser, play the other teasers that I'm discussing as well. Got to get them up to 7F. Never tease just a 7. That's a mistake. Um, some pregame handicappers disagree with me. They don't bet for a living. I, I do. Um, he does. Some of, the, some of them bet for a living, um, but not, not the ones that tease to plus 7. Um, the, why are these two teams identical? Well, their season win for both these teams was 6.5. Both these teams took steam to the over and were six and a half, like minus one thirty-five at post enter the summer. Both these teams sucked for a good part of the year. That well, it's not actually true. Detroit sucked. Jacksonville had like eight of the greatest quarters of all time, and then they sucked. <laughs> but now both teams are starting to surge. And in fact, I checked both teams' season win number, and they're right back to summer closing numbers at six and a half, juiced big time to the over, which I find interesting. So whoever wins this game is probably going to go over. Um, I do have Jacksonville as a significantly better team. I think, uh, bold prediction, I think that the, the favorite will flip. Jacksonville will, be, will become a one-point favorite. Tease them now. Speaking of flipping favorites, I think you could ask an average NFL fan who is favored, and you get about a 50-50 split in this particular matchup. I want to hear what you make of it. The New York Giants hosting the Washington Commanders. Look ahead was a pick'em. Then it moved to plus one and a half, Giants hosting Washington. Now we're seeing two and a half on Monday night. Giants hosting the Commanders. What do you make of this one? Okay, so I get it. Washington's better than the Giants. I've got Washington one point better, and I get it. There's not a big home field. But even if I just give the Giants a one-point modest home field, I still get to zero. The situation spot favors the Giants. They're the team off of the loss with 10 days, off of back-to-back losses with 10 days to prepare. So I know the money's been coming in on Washington, and this is where... The, I, I hope I can distinguish myself. Um, it's not always a one-way freight train of cash in terms of these line moves. I think that, yes, money all came in on Washington. I think it's bullshit. I think that the, the respected money, the strong money later in the week is coming on the G-men. There is no way that the Washington football team can be laying three here. There's no way. So, but you certainly could make a case the line should be pick them. No one would question that. Like you said, McKenzie, a lot of people, if you asked them who's the better team, not just who's favored, they'd say it's the Giants right now. The Giants uh, are a really good teaser bet. By the way, I don't think I bet a plus two in like 10 years. I, I just, I love long teasers. I far prefer playing a teaser than playing the plus two. Look no further than tonight's game. I get it. Pittsburgh plus two and a half was a good wager. No doubt about it. Three was not available later in the week. But how much better is the teaser where you're just like, you cannot lose. You're, 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 you're home free. Indy's driving into the game, and they're in the, into the red zone. 
boom, you're catching plus eight and a half head to the window. And on this podcast, you predicted a double line move in the Buccaneers-Cleveland game. You said it's going to three and a half, and it's going back to three. So listen up when Fez talking about which way the line is going to move. He thinks the late money will be on the New York, the New York Giants hosting the Commanders in this one. Money has come in already on this one. Lots of news involved. The Houston Texans are hosting the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and by the way, I... I'm much better on predicting line moves than actually predicting winners. So, unfortunately, you can't bet on line moves. Well, I guess you can if you're going to play for middles. But um, it's a lot harder to predict actually what's going to happen in the games. But um, hey, but it's valuable information either way. I mean, every edge every edge matters. It's much better to get Tampa minus three than Tampa minus three and a half or Cleveland plus three and a half instead of plus three. Tampa could easily have won that game by three. Um, they they could easily have won by seven if if Najoko does did somehow. I know what a catch on fourth down. All right, so what, what what do you make of this one? Uh, on the look ahead line, it was Commanders. Uh, I'm sorry, it was Houston by five. Now it's all the way up. World Open with six and a half. Now it is Browns minus seven and a half at Houston or seven. Either one is available. So accolades to the Rattler. A.J. Hoffman sent out a text to me. Get on Houston minus the six and a half. Boom. Correct. Up, ooh, no, incorrect. Get on Cleveland minus oh, the yeah. six and a half. <laughs> Sorry. I knew. I, he, the, you weren't going to bet the wrong way on that. Though. Yes. You got it. Yes. Uh, Watson revenge game. Houston is terrible. I don't care who's quarterbacking them. That was the worst first half uh, in NFL history against Miami. I know Houston almost covered that game, but um, they're down 30 to nothing. They are awful. I make the game seven, I, but that's giving Houston two for home field, which might be two points too high. So I absolutely, if you're going to bet this, you know, this is, this is a rare road favorite. I might even look. Below 500 road favorite. Am I going to tease them? Um, yeah. Um, by the way, we played Houston's season win number at three, under three. I don't know if they're going to get to two. So looking like a safe bet right there. Looking like a safe bet. Yeah. Tease. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and, cle- and tease Cleveland. Real important. Now, I see like the talking heads say stuff like this. Well, I don't want to tease Cleveland because I know it's wrong to tease a seven. I'll wait for it to go to seven and a half, and then I'll tease it. No, no, no. If we know it's going to seven and a half, which we can't be certain, but I think it will, then the, my seven tease is way better because now I'm teasing a seven and a half point favorite um, and getting a six and a half point teaser at six point teaser odds. I like those kind of bets. I would certainly recommend that. We do a stats based projection model for only the competitive portion of the game. 27 for Miami, negative 11 based on our projection, which minus some for turnovers and such. 27 to negative 11, a 38-point margin in the competitive portion of that game. Yeah, I'm not betting on the Texans anytime soon. It is the World Cup season, so there's 11 own goals. That are <laughs> exactly. You get the concept. By Appreciate the Chicago it. Bears. Ab- absolutely. Next. Oh, what? I, so that wraps- the Houston Texans, indeed, who have the old Bears coach, but the new Bears with their new coach will be hosting the Packers, and they'll try to finally get one of these. The Chicago Bears, again, they're hosting, and, and we've seen some movement here on this look-ahead. It was Bears plus two and a half in the look-ahead window. That was before we knew about Fields' injury. World Open was Bears plus four as home underdogs. We've seen a lot of movement on Monday, though. It is now down to Bears, only a three-point underdog, hosting their rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I saw the spread come all the way down to two and then back up to three. I don't know who's quarterbacking for Green Bay. I don't know who's quarterbacking <laughs> for Chicago. Um there, what, what movie was that? Was this in where they asked, they asked the student about something and he says, you know, the material is very complex. I had difficulty 
um, absorbing all of it. I'll have to get back to you. That sums up this game. I really don't. I don't know. I do know this. It's not just a quarterback injury for Fields. Uh, Mooney at wide receiver, a couple of linemen for the Bears. They've got a safety hurt. Uh, I know I don't want the Bears. I don't know about Green Bay. We pass. The Los Angeles Rams host the Seattle Seahawks. Lots of movement in this game. Look ahead was Rams plus three and a half. World Open was Rams plus four and a half. Home underdogs over the Seahawks. We are now seeing Seahawks minus eight. Fez, what's going on here? Yeah, this is a a bang bang for a line move. So today at 2.30 Pacific time, we're taping Monday night. This line moved from five to seven. And I'm like, okay, Stafford's not playing. That's a, a, a confirmation. And, you know, based upon my uh, power ratings, I make the game five if I give the Rams two for home field. I don't think the Rams should get anything right now for home field. So if that's the case, the movement from five to seven makes sense. But here comes the bang bang. A second line move, like literally a half hour later, 20 minutes later hits, and it goes from seven all the way up to eight. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, where you have a two-point move, bang, you blink, half an hour goes by, you come back, and another line, one-point line move hits. So all the money, and it, I don't think it's pro-Seattle. Pro I think it's just anti-Rams money that um, caused this huge steam. Obviously, Stafford out. I don't know if there's some other players that um, injury-wise that's um, fueling this. I don't know. Um, I know... Um, Donald is injured, so maybe maybe there's Donald news as well. No one wants to bet on the Rams right now. Stay in the NFC West here. The 49ers hosting the Miami Dolphins. Look ahead was 49ers minus four and a half at home. World Open was 49ers minus four. More money on the Dolphins on Monday. We are now seeing 49ers only three and a half point favorites over Miami. Okay, so this is fascinating because the 49ers are a Wise guy, darling team. Now, my power ratings-wise, I make the teams three points apart. One for home field, I make it four. But we saw money early on coming in on Miami. So it's almost like a timber moment where there's a realization that not only in the NFC do the wise guys like San Francisco, they clearly like Miami and the AFC, a team that's surging one of the phony finals from last week. Do go ahead and listen to the recap pod, and we'll talk about that game where, well, Miami only covered by a point and a half, but they're up 30 to nothing at halftime and just coasted to victory. So, uh, betters, they like this 49er team a lot, and clearly they like this, this Miami team a lot as well, as evidenced by an anti-49er line move, something I have not been seeing in recent weeks. Next up here, the Las Vegas Raiders host the L.A. Chargers. Look ahead in this line, in this game was Raiders by three. World Open was Raiders plus two and a half home underdogs hosting the Chargers. We are now seeing a little bit shorter line than that. One and a half or two underdogs are the Raiders hosting the Chargers. What do you make of this one? So I gave out a double line move prediction last week. Specifically, I, I predicted that the Cleveland line against Tampa would go up to three and a half and then would close at three. And, that, and that is what transpired. So I'm going to try to do it again here. I have information. I don't know the exact time Tuesday. But I have information, I think it would be earlier Tuesday than later, that money's coming on the L.A. Chargers. So, and, and frankly, the market has been kind of coming in on Vegas to this point. But um, I think money will come on the Chargers. The a wise guy group's going to lay two on the Chargers. It's going to push this line up to two and a half. 
You might even get a three. And if you do catch a three, like a plus three, minus 120, I would take it immediately because I'll predict the double line move. I think everyone's going to take back the Raiders who are resurrecting their season, playing with a lot of mojo of late with another overtime victory. So double line move, Chargers from minus two, up to minus 2.8, and then it comes right back down to two uh, later in the week. My favorite part about your double line moves is they seem to be on the most important numbers they could possibly be on. So we can get three and a half when it's going to be three. We can get two and a half when it's going to be three, et cetera. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of that. So we'll look out for that. Another double line move prediction from Fez. Hello, hello. We got two games left here, and this is the game of the week, Kansas City-Cincinnati. Now, this one's an easy one. Look ahead line was two and a half, and every other line since has been two and a half, all the way from the world opener till right this moment. Faz, what do you think the line should be, first of all? Not much to talk about with the line moves. 2.75. Ooh. Now, do you think the market moves in that direction? You know, I'm struggling with this one. All right. Because you've got the situation with Cincinnati playing so well, beating Kansas City twice at the end of the year last year. Well, so well, you mean against this matchup has been favorable to Can- or to Cincinnati. Right. All so right. if we look at that memory, I think the betters will say, boy, I'd love to take the Bengals plus three. Mm-hmm. So normally, you know, but Mahomes is such an ultra public player. Mm-hmm. That you would think, oh, you know, there's a lot of support for Kansas City, especially as well as they're playing. So I can see there being reasons for betters to like both sides in this game. Yeah, and Kansas City, let's be candid, is the Super Bowl favorite right now. And they weren't entering the year. So if anything, relatively, it's been an uptick for Kansas City throughout the year. Now, you've got them up, what, two points? From- two, two points. And they're clear, you know, we can have a, a fascinating discussion. Who's the second best team in the NFL? Behind Kansas City, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You could make a case Niners, Buffalo. Well, maybe you'd make the case Niners because you have a <laughs> fetish for the Niners. Sure, certainly Dallas, Dallas. Really, so at no point does the team with the best record get in the conversation. Philly, you yeah. know, I mean, they put they're... up forty against supposedly a good Green Bay team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, they're in the conversation. I, I didn't hear them. I didn't hear. I, I've got all. I heard five or six teams. Never heard. Philly. I got, okay, I got, I got all four of those teams within half a point of each other, two through five, but they're all point minimum. Beneath Kansas City, clear-cut best team. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. Hmm. Um, well, one, I, I totally disagree with your list. So, I, you know, I want to talk total. Basically, this has been two and a half. I make it two and a half. I don't have a prediction on, on, the, on the line move, but I do think this is a game that the Sharps and the public are both going to like over on. I know. Why do you think so? Because well, the public likes over in general. But public likes over in general. It's the marquee game of the year. The Kansas City, we all know, is a over team. They number one in EPA offense, average in defense, and I think the Bengals, although they have a good defense, I think that offense is absolutely gelling and has moved into you know conversation being a top five as well. And these teams played shootouts last year, so I think the expectation is just that the everyone's going to be betting over. I hate do to you disagree s- with it. No. You just think that's the, you're saying if you like the underweight because you think it, the line moves. Yeah. So if you like the over, I, I think you'd still find a 52. I think I'd, I'd, I, I hate to recommend an over 52. It's a sky high total. Well, but are you recommending it, it or you're saying if you if like you're gonna, the over? If you're going to bet this total, bet it now. Bet it now. If you are going to bet over. Yes. You're going to bet underweight. That's right. All right. I think there's one last point here that's fascinating. If you look at last year's numbers in this matchup, and there was two of them between Cincy and Kansas City, and in general, those lines said that Kansas City was about five to five and a half points better mm. once adjusted for home field. 
If you look at this line, you could make the case it's saying Kansas City is four points better. So relatively, Cincy that started slow doesn't. Now, what do you expect with Chase? Do you think this line assumes Chase is back? I think seventy-five percent it assumes he's coming back, but okay. maybe it won't be a hundred percent. He's coming. He's been out for a month. I think it's probably better than seventy-five because there yeah. seemed to be real surprise he didn't come back this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you never know. But it, it was what a high ankle sprain, right? So those are ones that they do tend to heal in a in a linear fashion. It, it, meaning. If it's a week later, it's better, mm. generally. Um, you know, so I, I kind of think Chase plays. Helps and, the over. The narrative, Yeah, too. I think so. Because, I mean, obviously the other Cincy receivers have stepped up with Chase's absence, except for that first game. Um, I do think it's interesting that this Cincy team right now is a wise guy darling. They love Cincy. Um, have you seen that? Yes, but I think they the market really liked Tennessee also. So we had a bet on yeah, versus yeah. bet on last week. So it, it it kind of that's and Chase was the feeling was that he could play, and then there was Tennessee money. But I think that was injury related when Chase was ruled out. So Fez, what is going on here? You got a gold like this gigantic. It looks kind of like I had a couple uncles with the, used to wear their shirts open and have gray chest hair coming out, kind of mm-hmm. uncles. Italian uncle, they used to wear like this big band. Where did that come from? What, did that? Did you collect that off someone like a dead body? Oh, on a my, bed, or my, what? my wife gave it's a, it's a gold. Ch- uh, it look, now that's bracelet. interesting. I almost was wondering. It, most wives are. That looks like a guy that's right before the announcement comes. There's been a split that they would start wearing this. I can't believe that she gave it to no, you. No, I've I've actually worn it for like since the summertime. And the reason oh, I, I can why tell haven't you, I seen it? I I I, I since I, I stopped like well, maybe because you have sleeves on your shirt and it got me looking down. But <laughs> well, I I I was gonna say like when I was fat, I was covering up and I was wearing long sleeve shirts. Um, but so now you've I worn wear that for months. Yes, I I don't know how to take the damn thing off. <laughs> I, I can't get it off. With well, the how did you get it off the dead body? So I, I, John, I, I like when I was weighing myself, I, I tried to kill the point one pounds off, and Johnny would take it off for me because I couldn't get it off. It's like, Daddy, <laughs> it, so it actually has a very Mediterranean look to it. Mm. I mean, you've known like older, older Italians and Greeks, oh yeah, right? and they've got the and they yeah. got like the little like like the the the, the weird like the not pendant, weird, not weird, the pendant on the on the gold chain. That's not know? weird. Yeah. It's just, it's very... Uh, very hairy chest with the yeah, pen. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's usually some, like an eye on it. It's either an evil eye that it's giving you or it's warding it off. I used to wear an Italian horn for like years. I never would take a it off. horn. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there's a lot. It's kind of mystical, a lot mm-hmm. of it. But I don't think there's any mysticism with those guys. It's like, they just, for some reason, it's like, yeah, it's to keep the evil away. You know? Interesting. All right. So... Do you agree that since he, well, you know, now I think about it, since he might be more of a analytics darling. I mean, I think the Sharps like him, but the analytics guys love him. And you saw, if you look at the average EPA hmm. on offense and defense for them, they're like the third best team. Very in balanced team and a team we talked we talked about in September. I think you 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 brought up, hey, this old line is going to take some time. There's a, here's a team we want to bet on later in the year after you know they get their act together and they're getting they're getting it together. Yes. Yeah. Now this is interesting. Holy cow. I, we got to make sure. All right, so for those that aren't going to understand this, because what we did was we took about 20 minutes where we were talking about things that weren't line moves, and we're popping that onto, onto the next pod, which is the recap pod. So you won't even know what I'm talking about. But what I'm going to say is the butler did it. No, no. Is, Fez, it looks like if McKenzie's calculations are correct, you were correct. 
I don't believe this could possibly be the case. So I think error. I think error. Could be user error. And I think more, more than likely, but we'll see. It's like election results. 80% well, of the precincts. We don't, precincts. Want, to over, we don't want to overdraw this out. <laughs> Our, the precincts we'll haven't all reported. You know, we got to count the votes that, you know. Or do it correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, he's, listen, odds are at least 30% he did it right. Mm. So if so, mm. if not, yay. Okay, so that is a belated wrap on that Kansas City game. I do think it's the game of the week. One game left, and this is a game that Fez says befuddles him. And he's not often befuddled. New Orleans, Tampa Bay, it's in Tampa Bay. Look ahead, line six and a half. Now the world opener was six. Then five and a half. Now four. So Tampa Bay is now only a four-point favorite. When just the look ahead, it was two and a half points higher, six and a half. This is big money on a team that was just shut out. You know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's this trend of a team Ah, off of a shutout loss. But, I mean, Tampa Bay is much better than New Orleans. It's not even close. This game. Now, remember, we got a long history with these teams, with New Orleans uh, exceeding Mm. their expectations in games against Tom Brady. Right? Maybe that's what it is. A combination. Well, well, could it be? Series history and a shutout for North. Because I've got Tampa four and a half better than New Orleans. You give them one half for home, bang, we're at six. Mm -hmm. Six makes sense to me. And I I understand, okay, they took the six. But they took the five. They took the four. I've even seen three and a half pop up on this game now. This is, um, I I don't know what's driving it. All right, so I don't see it to be befuddling at all. Mm. One, I think you're totally wrong about the shutout driving a move towards the team shutout. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that that's a good trend historically or a system is because people are <laughs> repelled by shutout. Yeah, it should be going, line should be going six up to seven. Exactly. Yeah. So the market, the market is saying, oh my God, do you, because it's something that's noteworthy. It's like a, a team with that's winless. Anytime a casual fan is going to say, you're betting them. They haven't won a game they yet suck. this year. Suck. You can't bet on Houston. Because they haven't won, but that's, that's not an example. Houston has a win. Yeah, they do. Right. But what I'm saying is when a team is winless, that's all it's like there's like a um a watch, the winless watch. When are they gonna finally win a game? Mm-hmm. Right? Once a team wins that first game, all of a sudden how bad they are becomes very much less prevalent in the mainstream. Because one wins infinitely better than zero wins. Yes, mathematically true. Now, when a team is undefeated. It's the same thing to the positive. It's a great point because, like, you look at New England that year that they went the sixteen and zero, and they were like eight and one against the spread, and then they finished like two and six. And it wasn't like they were playing badly; they won all their games. They're like laying twenty five to Philadelphia. The market it just is got make crazy. We're just saying this team's good, bad them doesn't work. It yes. does, yeah. Now, if you look at so just to tie the bow on that part of it, a, a scoreless game being shut out is the most extreme futility an NFL team can have. If you get beat 66 to 20 or you get beat 30 to nothing. 30 to nothing looks worse. Yeah. Even though the margin from a ratio. It, it, well, but even though the margin of 66 to 20 is is I, worse. I agree with that. Thus the system says when a team is at their nadar, at their low point, that is at least in the eyes of the public is when there's value on them. Well, there was value. Now I'm not so now I now agree, the memo may we have gone out. About, but now we're talking about two different conversations. Yeah. One is which where's the value at now? The other is why did this move happen? But if anything, this move happening went against 
that, meaning the winless would have repelled people. I'm sorry, the scoreless would have repelled people. Especially initially, yeah. But they haven't repelled them. And it's a Monday night football game. Here's why. Saints versus Brady in the Brady era when he was with the Bucs. Five games. So strong. New Orleans has won by almost 11 points a game. They're 4-1, net margin, not ATS margin, but straight-up margin, almost 11 points. They're 4-1 also against the spread, and they've covered by an average of over two touchdowns per game. Think about that. Five games, Fred, times 14. That's 90 points they beat the spread by. I think people are aware. Yeah, or there's one group that like literally had this game circled that said, you know what, as soon as the Saints play Tampa, we're going to get well, on that this. That one group probably wouldn't have bet it four different times. You would think not. Yeah. Your mind always wants, somehow, no matter how well I encapsulate something, you want to throw in a curveball. Why is that? You know, that? our own hitman was on this game. He gave out plus six. That's fascinating. What's it have to do with the point I'm making, though? Well, like, I, yeah. I, I, you said you're befuddled. Mm-hmm. I've explained it. Yes. And then you start saying, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's one group <laughs> I, randomly did something. But it's against my power ratings. Yeah, your power ratings aren't that great. They're pretty damn No, good. they're not. Yes, they are. You <laughs> no, just, they're not. You just said how much you like my power ratings. When you like when? Po- when, when, whenever you could do a composite of mine and like five other guys, you say mine are like the strongest of them all. You know something? You've got a good point. Is <laughs> you've got me so wanting to go against your power ratings because of the way you act like they're gospel that we probably need to accept that they are very damn good. But they're not perfect. Well, now, almost, now that this is this, I think this is the point you're going right. to make. Oh, thank the, you. The, Continue. I, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you're not saying my power ratings aren't good. You're saying you, I can't just use my power ratings to make accurate lines because the other factors need to be tweaked. No, I'm saying you are so snide and mm. snot nosed about how good your power ratings are. We just want to make them not as good. That's just mm. human nature. You're like uh, like Richie Rich or something walking around throwing. I don't know who Rich. What did Richie Rich do? Was he the kid with the blonde hair? Yes, yeah, parents were. But multi- was he? A, was he a a good kid or a bad kid? He was a really good kid. So he wasn't spoiled by the money. He so you were not. like a Richie Rich that was evil. <laughs> like an evil Richie Rich. I like wasn't... Gordon Gecko. Oh, I love Gecko. Exactly. But what I'm saying is that, that there are factors. I mean, Feds, if it was just power ratings, then what would all your... Analysis of the temperature. Where would that yeah, go? Yeah, this is like this is like a line move, like the Blue Star Airlines, where like he's talking to Bud Fox the first time, mm-hmm. and and Fox is like Blue Star, and Gecko's like what Blue Star? But tell me about that Blue Star. If there's 14 points that the margin has been off the last five games between these teams, or the only five games of the Brady era in Tampa, same defensive coordinator, and that's effectively for the Saints. So that means it's the same kind of game plan. Mm-hmm. And remember, the score this year was deceiving. Tampa and New Orleans was tied in the fourth. Tampa, it's the one win they've had, right? But if anything, they're playing worse now, mm-hmm. right? Off a of bye. I mean, how much do you downgrade Tampa off of that game against the Browns? It was off a of bye against a team in Netherland, Never Neverland or something between quarterbacks with Watson taking snaps. They were up seven in the fourth. I mean, I would make the case that that was a really bad game for Tampa. I didn't downgrade them at all. How? Because holy cow! How? It's because the the the, because I bet the Browns and I thought it was enormous. I watched the whole game. I thought they were enormously lucky. They should have lost by seven. They everything went right in the final drive for them to get in the end zone. Okay, but nothing went right for any of the Tampa drives. 
the I thought seventeen to ten was the Who proper. Who did you bet? Tampa. I bet Cleveland. Okay. And I thought I thought I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose. And they're on that final drive, and I'm like, the Cleveland's not gonna be able to get this done. But the fact that they were on the final drive to to tie kind of says it's pretty much a coin flip yeah, game, right? They didn't really do anything. It was everything went right for them. They got a key penalty. It was like it was a minor miracle. They really that offense got shut down the whole game. By the Tampa Bay defense. Okay. Maybe and maybe that's because of the, the the whole practice thing that Watson's been getting too many snaps and Brissett sucked. You know. By the way, in week two when Tampa played the Saints, uh, Kevin Cole's projected score in the game was twelve to twelve. So they said that was a coin flip, and that's the one game that the Bucks have won. I mean, let's forget for a minute last week if you want to say a team favored lost and somehow there's no downgrade when they're off a bye. I mean, and wasn't that by like kind of what we were wrapping our arms around? Yeah. Saying, you know, it's like in 2020 when they get off at by, man, they come together. Different coach this year. You know, they had to. It's like, no, this team's no good. I mean, Tampa's no good, really. And now you got a Saints team that's getting healthier. They didn't look good against San Fran on offense, but their D looked pretty good. And 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 that that was a misleading final. So that was a, a very and we're getting we're we're, we're yeah, crossing next, over. Why don't we pods. save it for the next part? That's yes. perfect. We'll do this kind of stuff, breaking down what happened. But I guess my last question to you is this: How many points is those eight numbers? Four and one straight up, eleven points per game margin. Four and one ATS, fourteen points per game margin. Ninety points over five games. How many points is that worth in a game? Point and a half. All right, and how, and what did you think the line should be? Six. And what is it? It's four. I've explained it to you, Fez. Yes. I sounded pretty smart right there, but unfortunately, I got a little early news for me, at least unfortunately for me. Talk to you next week, guys.